The Holy Zohar refers to angels as fish. That's the word that the Zohar uses for angels, Nuneyama, fish of the sea. And Hasidus explains what's the idea, why are angels known as fish? What's the biggest difference between fish and creatures of the land? So, of course, creatures of the land, their life, their vitality comes from the land. Our breath, our oxygen comes from the land. The food that we eat, even animals we eat, are graze off the land. We couldn't live without the land. Yet, if you're not a farmer or not agriculturally inclined, you might never have thought about that. That actually our sustenance comes from the land, from the earth that we live on. But unless we stop to think about it, we don't really have that awareness on a constant basis. On the other hand, creatures of the sea fish and all those that live in the sea, they feel they're completely surrounded by the water that is their life force. They're completely enveloped and absorbed in the water and they can't live outside the water and they feel that. They know they can't go out of the water. They know that every moment their oxygen and their ability to live and breathe comes from the water. And that in short is the difference between us and angels. Angels live in what the Zohar calls Alma de Escasia, the hidden world, the world, those worlds, those spiritual realms that are completely enveloped within God's light. And the angels feel every moment that all they are are a constant emanation of God's light. You know, when we say that angels don't sin, it's not that they don't have free choice because they're robots or something. They don't have free choice because, just like a fish doesn't have free choice to go out of the water, the angels feel that godliness is the only reality and that their whole being is a constant flow from God of God's light. On the other hand, the Zohar calls what we live in Almadiz Galia, the revealed world. We're revealed, we're not completely hidden within the land, within the dirt, even though that's where our life comes from. And like we said, you don't necessarily think about that on a constant basis. And that's exactly how our relationship with God is usually, that we're creatures in the revealed world on the land, that unless we meditate about it, we don't feel that every breath we take is God's light, that every cell in our body is another emanation from godliness, all part of God's infinite unity. We don't feel that unless we meditate on it. The angels feel the truth and they see all the time that they're an emanation of godliness. That's, by the way, one of the reasons that the Kabbalah says that one should try to make sure to eat fish on Shabbos. Creatures of the sea are considered on a higher level, more edel, more refined than creatures of the land, exactly for that reason, because they feel that their vitality is dependent on an outside source. Now, our vitality and our existence is dependent on God every moment also. Every moment He's bringing us into existence, every split second emanating His light to give us a breath and to allow us to live. But again, we don't feel that unless we meditate on it. So we're the creatures of the land. But based on this, we can now understand Hasidus explains what the real miracle of Kriyas Yamsuf, the splitting of the Red Sea, that you know tonight, tomorrow, Shvishal Pesach, the seventh day of Pesach, more than anything, 
commemorates the, 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 the splitting of the sea. It was actually tonight, the night of the seventh of Pesach, that we actually, the sea was split for us because Pharaoh was chasing us. As Rashi explains, it took a couple of days until he found that we, were, we weren't coming back and then he chased us. And the, the seventh of Pesach at night, tonight is the night that we split the Red Sea, that we crossed the Red Sea and Hashem split it for us. And so Hasidus explains it wasn't just the splitting of the Red Sea, wasn't just a way to save the Jews from the Egyptians chasing them. I mean, that's pshat, that's on a simple level. But of course, God could have had a lot of ways to save the Jews as he did over the centuries. So what's this whole thing with the splitting of the Red Sea? I mean, it's really cool special effects, but Chassidah says there has to be a deeper meaning to it. And in fact, the Torah keeps repeating, Sheholchu bayabosha b'soy chayam. Holchu bayam b'soy chayam The Torah keeps saying that the miracle of Chris Yamsev is that they went on dry land within the water. Within the water on dry land. And so, see, this explains what does that mean, the deeper meaning of that, is that Kriyas Yamsuf was a preparation for the receiving of the Torah. As we know, that 49 days from when we left Egypt, we received the Torah. And Kriyas Yamsuf was a taste, was a preparation of that revelation of God's light that's in the Torah. That's why we know that the sages teach us that a shivcha, a maidservant, saw at the sea more than the greatest of the prophets Yechezkel saw in the divine chariot. The splitting of the Red Sea sea was really a divine revelation and what did that revelation consist of? They went on dry land in the water, meaning they, the Jews at the, as they were going through the sea, that means they were going through different states of reality and was revealed to them godliness as much as the angels perceive godliness. That's what it means they went through the water, they became like those fish in the way that they could completely perceive godliness but on dry land in the water, meaning that they maintained their existence and yet felt to be nothing other than Hashem. It was a fusion of the ultimate revelation of godliness that angels have and yet maintaining our physical bodies and lives and consciousness. And of course, that's the preparation for the giving of the Torah because that's what all the Torah is about. All of Torah mitzvahs is to unite God's infinite light with the physical world that we should be in dry land and yet still see God all the time. That's the purpose of all Torah mitzvahs, and that's what Mashiach is going to be. That's why, of course, Achrin Shal Pesach, which is the second day of the Yontav of Shvil Shal Pesach, is all about Mashiach. The Baal Shem Tov taught that Achrin Shal Pesach, more than any other day of the year, the light of Mashiach shines, because Kriyas Yamsuf was a preparation for that fusion of God with the world, which is what Mashiach is, which is what all of Torah mitzvahs are about. And so Achrin Shal Pesach shines the light of Mashiach, which is why we read the Haftorah all about Mashiach. If you've never learned the Haftorah inside of Achrin Shal Pesach about Mashiach, it's worthwhile to do so. And that's why also there's a custom that the Baal Shem Tov founded that right the, towards the late afternoon of Achrin Shal Pesach, the last couple of hours of the day, to have a Sudas Mashiach, to have a meal, a Mashiach meal, to eat the matzah, again, eat matzah, and to drink four cups of wine to hasten the redemption. That's what we do in Sudas Mashiach, to you eat matzah and have four cups of wine again, but this time commemorating what is going to happen, not what happened in the past, but the coming of Mashiach. May we finally see him this holiday together in Yerushalayim. Have a good Shabbos, a good Yom Tov.